Regarding mental health on the show, Dr. Michael Carr Gregg, Steve Bidolf, it's been wonderful. And we have another heavyweight joining us in just a few moments. Mm. So we're very excited to talk about lockdown, mental health, and what now? Where to from here? The Friday where we've got a lot of new freedoms can be quite overwhelming. You mentioned that earlier in the week that there are a lot of people out there, maybe they've been wanting to get out, but now that they can, yep. they might have some conflicting emotions. And like I say every Friday, you have about three minutes now to go grab yourself a cup of coffee and pull up a comfy chair and get ready to listen and to learn and text your questions through on 0428 899 on a Friday afternoon in Melbourne, Lucy and Kel for breakfast here at 89.9, the light positive radio, and it is Lucy and Kel Relate. We are about to speak to one of Australia's leading experts in the areas of parenting and relationships and well-being, Dr. Justin Coulson. He's written six books. He's a four-time best-selling author. He's been in the New York Times. You'll see him on TV a lot, especially coming up as he's the face of a brand new Channel 9 show, which is all about parenting. So the fact he can fit us in at the moment is extraordinary. Good morning, Justin. It's really nice to be with you, Lucy. Hey, Kel, great to be able to talk about these important things today. I'm just impressed, Dr. Justin, that you, I know, have many children and you still have most of your hair. So you must be doing something <laughs> right. And it's still not even grey. I don't know what, it must be good genetics because, uh, honestly, six kids, it's tiring. And um, it, it, like I said, good genes. That's, that's what it must come down to. So, Justin, let's get straight into this. Lockdown here in Melbourne, especially after 250-odd days, the longest in the world here in Melbourne. Here we are on Friday with a, a bit more freedom, and that is just super scary for many people. We have had so many messages from the Light family on text and on our Facebook about this very topic, about getting back into resuming normal life and why is it so daunting, Justin? Why are we feeling all a little bit on edge? It's really interesting the range of responses that people are having. Some people are just so ecstatic. And then at the other end, there's people who are saying, yeah, not me. And and it's normal as well for people who are not feeling that thrilled about it, who are a little nervous, tentative, anxious, apprehensive, to wonder if they're okay for feeling that way. <laughs> because it's kind of like, well, hang on, I'm supposed to be excited. But there's almost this narrative, I should be celebrating. Everyone's saying I should be happy, but I'm just not quite sure. If that's you... It's normal. Uh, change, anything that causes us to need to change our current state is what we call stress. Mm. And everyone responds to stress in different ways. Different things create different levels of stress for people. So I think the first thing that I want to do is just normalize it for those who are experiencing it, especially if you're more of an introverted person or if you've been a little different to most people and kind of found the whole lockdown thing a little bit comforting, mm. a little bit safe and reassuring. I mean, everything's predictable. Everything's Groundhog Day. And while that drives some people crazy, 
there's a percentage of people who are saying, actually, wouldn't it be nice if life could kind of stay this way? Yeah, it's very true. And I was thinking about this the other day, thinking it takes 30 days to create a habit. Here we are in 250 days of this habit. I've become really comfortable and accustomed to my lockdown routine. Even the bits I don't particularly like, it's almost become habitual to me. And I think that's why I'm a little bit reticent about moving back out into the normal world. So, Lucy, the... The suggestions that I'd make for anybody who's feeling that way are to maybe just, I, I guess, let it happen bit by bit. Don't force it. If you don't feel ready today, then don't make anything happen today or even tomorrow or on the weekend. Go with it at a pace that feels okay for you. But also remember that if you're going to do something hard, it's going to require a little bit of effort. Uh, adversity Mm. brings growth. And if it's been really nice to shrink back into your home and have your own space, well, humans are designed to actually be social, to be ultra social. Humans and our society have been designed to have us out and about, to be interacting, to be living our lives in a a slightly more outward manner. Mm. And and so I I would just gently say one step at a time, Mm. small steps, but maybe it's going for a walk, beyond your five kilometer radius or or something like that or maybe it's catching up with one close friend in a place where you can feel good about maybe it's booking uh booking an outside seat at a cafe maybe it's having a picnic somewhere a little more crowded but just being far enough away from everybody to feel comfortable it's all about little steps uh one thing that research has shown us really clearly is that if we are anxious that is if we're fearful about what the future brings. And I mean, let's be honest, the media and our politicians, and, and, and this isn't a political statement, it's more a statement of fact, mm. the media and our, our, our politicians have sown a sense of, that we should be afraid into the fibre of our everyday lives. Mm-hmm. So if you are feeling that, again, it's it's normal, but if we're going to move beyond that the best science shows that we need to get curious about we may need to lean in move towards it and it says we take those very gentle steps even if we feel our heart rate rise a little bit even if we feel a little bit of sweat in the small of our back uh, we we can do this Uh, we've done it before and it's amazing how fulfilling life becomes as we start to expand our horizons again Mm, dr justin how much grace do you think people need to give themselves leading back into what we used to believe was a normal lifestyle of course we've got school going back for a couple of weeks but then the kids will be back on school holidays we've got christmas coming up mm. maybe spending a lot more time with family than we're used to should people be sort of pacing themselves through christmas into the new year before they're starting to feel quote unquote normal again Kel, I love everything about that question. There's there's really two parts to it. I'm going to start with the second part first, that is the pacing, mm-hmm. and then I'm going to talk about this idea of giving ourselves grace. In relation to pacing ourselves, you'll know how you're going and you'll know how your family's going. You might see that everyone's really on board and gung-ho and saying, fantastic, we can finally live again. Let's, let's go out and do what people in Melbourne do best and, and experience uh, I mean, showing up to the opening of anything and, and participating mm-hmm. and cheering for everything that's going on. Let's let's do that. But you might have one child or it might be you who's saying, don't feel good about it. Don't want to be around people. Terrified that COVID's going to be this this blight on our family's well-being across Christmas and, and into our lives and, and our futures. If that's the case, just pace it so that people can have that level of security, that level of safety and do what you need to do. The other the other thing that you mentioned though is this idea of grace. Now, I love the idea of grace being something like a a gift. Mm. And and when I think of 
what you've identified, Kel, I think of the word compassion. Compassion at its root comes from two Latin words, neither of which I can say properly. So I'm going to use the English derivation, com and passion. That's my, my bogan ocker. Mm-hmm. Uh, com is a word that means with others. It means together. Like we communicate with part of a company where in, embedded in our community. Com is with others together. Passion I always thought passion meant this whole Tony Robbins, let's get really excited about stuff kind of thing. But that's not actually what passion means. Passion, if you go back to the Latin roots, means suffering. Mm. So when we have compassion, we literally suffer with, we suffer together. Mm. And I really think that this idea of grace and compassion at a time like this, when freedoms are increasing, restrictions are decreasing, there are some people who are going to be thrilled, wonderful, fill your boots but there are some people who really need grace and compassion and we need to be able to give that to ourselves and to others if we see someone who's struggling or if we ourselves are having a hard time with this just take a breather have a couple of um minutes a couple of hours a couple of days maybe in a couple of weeks and just be okay with where you are right now knowing that 250 days of lockdown is is not what humans were designed for and sometimes some adjustments necessary one thing i know for sure one hour will not be long enough to spend with Dr. Justin Paulson. <laughs> you have been exceptional in just unpacking a few of our anxieties, a few of our stresses, mm. our fears going into this particular Friday and beyond as we ease back out of lockdown. We have Dr. Justin with us for the next hour, Luce, and coming up, we're ready to take your calls. Yes, one three hundred triple seven eight double nine, or on the text as well, zero four two eight eight double nine eight double nine. We'll be back after this. Eighty nine point nine, the light, Lucy and Kel for a Friday afternoon in Melbourne. It is Lucy and Kel Relate, number four of five, one-hour specials in regards to mental health and how we deal with it, how we get through it, and how we can help others, our loved ones as well, on this Friday during the month of October, Mental Health Month. Yes, and we have with us today the wonderful Dr. Justin Colson, one of Australia's leading experts in all things parenting and relationships and well-being. It's interesting, Dr. Justin, I have a group of girlfriends who are really excited about getting back together. It's been so long. And um, they're all very clever women. They are all, you know, brave, confident women. But even watching them have an online chat, they were like, oh, let's just have a picnic for the first time we see each other again. Like, even though we were allowed in each other's houses, we decided to just go ahead. And whilst we kind of ease back into life, we decided on a picnic, which I was really just fascinated behind the psychology of all these really strong, confident women going, even we know we just need to ease into it lightly. And every single one of the six girls, that was their priority. And I think a lot of people are talking and thinking about how to ease back in. Yes, there'll be people who run straight to the pubs and straight to the shops. We saw it happen in Sydney. They were at Kmart at 12.01 buying thousands of clothes. But for some others, it's a little bit more nerve-wracking. We've got some calls to get to Dr. Justin. We've got Hannah first up on the line. Hi, Hannah. Hello. How are you? Great. What's your question for Dr. Justin? I'm just feeling really nervous about um, going kids going back to school, um, seeing my friends. I'm, you know, I'm, so, I'm just worried about the exposure and catching COVID um, that I don't want to see people. Yeah, right. It's like very common, very common, Dr. Justin. Yeah, it is. And part of me wants to dive into a bit of medical speak, but I'm not a medical doctor. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and, and there's that part of me and probably part of anyone who hears a question like that who wants to say, if you can just be logical about this, mm-hmm. if you can just look at the statistics, the likelihood of anything happening to you, so long as you don't have any underlying health issues and you, you're not over the age of about 70, is very, very low and you're going to be fine. And that's kind of the, the standard way that we respond to people when they tell us that they're worried about something. 
Uh, it's a standard parenting response. It's a standard partner, husband-wife response. Someone says, oh, I'm really nervous, and someone, someone with the very best of intentions will respond, don't worry, you'll be fine. Everything's going to be okay. Yeah. And, and I know that if I say that to Hannah, she's going to say, doesn't make me feel any better. <laughs> And if I get all logical, that's not going to help her either. And, and the reason I'm spelling this out slowly is because I, I know how I want to respond to Hannah, but I also know that any parent who's listening to this, any partner who's listening to this, is going to want to give that same response to their loved ones. They, they're going to want to say that. And what I call this is it's turning away from our loved ones mm-hmm. as they express a concern, even though we're doing it with the very best of intentions, we're actually missing the emotion. We're missing what's going on in their heart and in their mind. And, and when somebody has elevated emotions, when somebody is experiencing anxiety or fear or worry, what happens is they kind of get tunnel vision. They become fixated on one particular thing. In this case, what if I do go to the shops and I catch COVID? What mm-hmm. if the kids do go to school and they catch COVID? Mm-hmm. And, and all of a sudden, anything else that we might put into their, uh, their their world, any logic, any facts, it kind of just, it's water off the duck's back. It doesn't go in because of that rigid thinking, that tunnel vision that comes from the heightened emotion. There's a phrase that I use all the time, that is that high emotions equals low intelligence. Mm. Now, technically, that's not true. We've still got as much intelligence in our, in our brain when we're emotional as when we don't. But you've probably experienced that thing when you've got really, really big emotions and you just can't think straight. You can't find your words. You, you, you're convinced that you're right, but you just know that you're not really seeing the whole picture. Mm. So, for, so for Hannah, my, my response would be this. It's really scary, isn't it? Mm. It feels really daunting to be in this situation where you know that there is a disease that's harmful mm. and that there may be people carrying it who you love. There may be people, strangers, that you might pass by and pick it up from. That's what we call turning towards rather than turning away from mm. the emotion. And the way we do it is we say, I hear what you're saying. This is this is my restatement of it. These are the emo- I'm going to name your emotions because as I name those emotions, I then get to tame those emotions. And hopefully, as Hannah hears a statement like that, her emotions drop down. Yeah. She says, yes, I, I am a little scared. Mm. I am actually pretty apprehensive. And I'd hate to think that something could go on. They could, could be caught. At which point we get to say, well, if that's the case, what do you think is the best way for us to go forward? Mm-hmm. And instead of trying to fix the problem, which is what our temptation is always, as parents, as partners, we want to step in and say, I know that you're worried about this, but here I am to save the day. <laughs> and, and, and while I'm at it, by the way, here I am to fix you and your anxiety because what you're doing is not rational. Yeah. Like, uh, Lucy, has anyone ever told you that you're not being rational? All the time. <laughs> and have you ever looked at them and said, thanks for the reminder, I'll, um, I'll pull myself together right away? Exactly. Yeah, you never apply that way. <laughs> <laughs> never. And so, so by saying to Hannah, you're not being rational, which is essentially what we're doing when we're mm. saying, oh, come on, don't be silly. You're going to mm. be fine. Well, that's, that's just a nice way of saying you're not being rational. Let mm. me fix your, your belief window that's in your brain. Instead of saying that, what I do is I name Hannah's emotions. It's really scary. It's really confronting. This is something that we haven't had to do with before. And and it makes you nervous just thinking about what could happen, doesn't it? And as Hannah knows that I'm on her side, as as Hannah knows that I'm with her emotionally, she feels psychologically safe, which means that those high emotions start to drop down a little bit. As emotions drop down, intelligence comes back. And then I get to say something really simple like, so Hannah, based on what we're confronted with, what options do you think we have? How do you think we should proceed? Mm. And I actually empower Hannah 
to come up with a solution that she can feel good about to move things forward. Oh, I just love that. Oh, imagine if we were all having conversations like that around a whole range of topics. What a healthy way to talk. Uh, thank you so much, Hannah. We've also got Rebecca from Warren Diet on the phone as well. Good afternoon, Rebecca. Hello, how are you? Great. What's your question for Dr. Justin? Uh, I guess like Hannah, I'm feeling a bit anxious, but um, uh, especially with my kids, like COVID's been tough and it's been tough for me and my husband, but it's also been tough for the kids and just making sure that their transition back to school is, you know, as smooth as it can go and what I can do to help them. That would be my question. Well, I mean, what, what, a, what a challenging question for some families. Mm-hmm. Uh, let, let me just put this out there straight away. Many parents are worried about this, and I'm going to just suggest that you probably don't need to be. Mm-hmm. Uh, your kids are going to be fine. Every, every child that I've spoken to, every parent that I've spoken to, every social media interaction that I've had around this has been, oh boy, <laughs> we're so excited for this. The kids are chopping at the bit to be with their friends. Uh, they're really looking forward to being able to get back into the rhythm and the routine of what school offers. You know, where you you get to school and you see people that you know and love and then you go into a class and there's interaction and there's conversation, there's some learning, there's some activities and it's not all of that really boring stuff that just drives us up the wall with home learning. And then there's recess, there's a break and then... so, so. I guess that's a long way of saying kids are excited about it. And every school principal I've spoken to, every school teacher that I've spoken to, they are so enthusiastic about seeing your children in the classroom again. Mm. I just, I don't know any teacher who's going, yeah, not looking forward to this. I really prefer a Zoom classroom. They are, they're ecstatic about having the kids there. So I guess that's just a little bit of reassurance and peace of mind. Most kids and pretty much every school employee can't wait for this. And a lot of parents are pretty excited as well. In terms of those... In terms of those nerves, though, it's just worth mentioning once again with the kids, instead of trying to tell them, you'll be right, how exciting, this is how you should be feeling. What I think is going to be most helpful is to say to them, hey, I want to just explore a little bit. Mm. And it's, been, it's been a really unusual set of circumstances. I mean, there, there are some children who they started grade seven and never actually got to start grade seven with their friends. They've mm. only had online interactions really mm. with, with school kids. And now it's been nearly two years of this. So they're about to go into the end of grade eight and they don't really know their peers. Mm. They haven't met anyone at their new school from last year. Uh, there are children who have started school in those first years of school who don't really know what school is because they've only had a few weeks here and a few weeks there in between all of the lockdowns. So that anxiety will be there. And and what I would be inclined to do is say to my children, hey, um, how are you feeling? What are you excited about? What are you nervous about? And spend time exploring, getting curious. There's a phrase that I use when kids are being challenging, but I think it's just as applicable here. Get curious, not furious. If you've got a child who's saying, I don't want to go to school, I'm scared. Get curious, not furious. Understand, don't reprimand. Don't try to correct them. Just try to connect with them mm. and say, hey, how are you feeling? Why do you feel like that? And then once again, as they feel safe and empowered, or as, as they feel safe, sorry, empower them to, to work out how they feel proceeding would be best. Oh, I love I'm, it. I'm uh, writing that down and not just because it rhymes, <laughs> Dr. Justin. That sounds like something I could do with my teenage kids. 
get curious, yes. not curious. We, we might actually keep unpacking kids um, after this because we still have more questions to come up regarding children as well. And I know it's a, a really hot topic as well. Uh, but if you have questions about your children, yourself navigating lockdown, uh, coming out of lockdown, then you can text them through on 0428 899 899 or 1300-777-899. We'll be back after this. 89.9 The Light, a Friday afternoon in Melbourne, a Friday like no other as we get out of lockdown, kind of, sort of, just tipping the, tipping the toe <laughs> into the water and it's great to have somebody, a bit of a lifeguard as it were, yeah. getting us back into life. Dr. Justin Coulson is yes. joining us with Lucy and Kels Relate. One of Australia's leading experts in all these kind of fields and such a great podcast, which I absolutely love between you and your wife. The banter is so beautiful to listen to and I was at the gym the other day and I name dropped you and there was a girl working out next to me. She goes, I love that podcast. So I've learned so much. So there you go, Dr. Justin. You are quickly becoming a household name. We've got a few more calls to get through uh, all around this topic of coming out of lockdown, um, adult mental health, our children going back to school. You can shoot your questions through on 0428899899. We've got Catherine on the phone as well. Good morning, Catherine. Good morning. Good afternoon, Catherine, I should say. This is Brecky Radio for 13 years. Everything is always morning for me. What's your question for our lovely Dr. Justin? Yeah, I was just wondering how we navigate family Christmas if we have people on both sides of the debate. Oh, like the vaccine debate, whether people are yeah. vaccinated, not vaccinated. That's a good one. That's a tough one, Dr. Justin. Well, it really is a tough one. I wasn't expecting a question like that either. Let's... let's think this through for a second uh the logical part of me says that because of the way that we're uh, currently looking at restrictions and legislation and and, and government imperatives in the state uh, that people who have not been vaccinated probably just won't be allowed to show up anyway now mm. now that doesn't mean that police are going to be doing random checks and knocking on people's doors and saying let me see your vaccination certificate so there may still be some tricky bits and pieces here uh, the way that i would generally approach something like this is I'd shoot a text message around or have a phone call with whoever's involved and say, hey, we've been double vaxxed. Just thought I'd let you know um, where are you guys up to with that. And hopefully they'll just volunteer that information for you because you've been forthcoming. You've been that little bit transparent at the outset. Mm. Now, if you're a person who's chosen not to be vaccinated, I think that you have a responsibility, quite honestly, to acknowledge that to your family and say, hey, mm. just so you know, you've probably seen it all over my Facebook anyway because I'm cranky about this. <laughs> I'm not going to get vaccinated because of X, Y, and Z. Uh, and, and then the responsible thing to do would be to say to your family, how do you want to play this? Because obviously there's going to be some complications. Mm. That's the perfect world, Lucy. Yeah, yeah. But not everyone lives in the perfect world. No, but you're right. There's going to be a lot of conversations. It is, look, it's one of those ones that many people will be having this Christmas. So thank you so much for that, Catherine. We've also... Almost, just before we move on, I almost think that's just words to live by for any Christmas. Like, just have a bit of a meeting about the ground rules going into any Christmas with family. That's right. Christmases and families are complex. We should do a whole podcast series on families and Christmas because that's another whole, that's another whole kettle of fish. We've also got Jesse on the phone as well, wrapping up our questions because we're so quickly running out of time. Hey, Jesse, what's your question this afternoon? Hey, guys. I actually just wanted to, I guess, get some advice from Justin just about, you know, my kids are so used to being on screens right throughout the pandemic. We've had to use it as a babysitter technique almost while we're both working parents. And and my concern is that there's going to be a struggle to break that cycle. There's going to be, you know, how, how do we navigate mm. 
avoiding the tantrums or, you know, just trying to put some boundaries in place once they've already been stretched so far. Oh, that's a good one. I would say I agree with that, Jessie. My daughter has used a lot of screen time in the last 18 months. What do we do, Justin? How do we wean them away? Because we know it's addictive. Oh, how long have we got? We could talk about this for so long, Lucy. <laughs> uh, let, let's talk about this in, in some general terms, and then I'll talk about big kids versus little kids. Mm-hmm. So uh, in a nutshell, our children love screens because they meet so many of their psychological needs so comprehensively. And we've created, as Jesse said, this this habit, this system. It's some, some For some of us, it's the only way we can get through our day while we're trying to juggle all the things that need to be juggled during a lockdown. Mm. So really, it's... It's as simple as saying, in some ways, hey, kids, let's get together and talk about the whole screen thing. Now that the restrictions have changed, we don't need to use screens so much anymore. Yes. How do you feel about that? Yeah. And, and literally do a little bit of a, a problem-solving with them, a problem-solving situation. I, I call this the three E's of effective discipline, and it's based on decades of really smart research from a range of labs around the world, and I've created this little three E's model. We explore, we explain, and we empower so explore basically goes like this. What do you love about screens? What would you like to keep based on our lockdown experience? What don't you love about screens? What would you like to get rid of based on our lockdown experience? In other words, you're sort of playing around with this idea of what works for your kids. And, and bringing your kids into a conversation like this from anywhere around the age of maybe five or six mm. and up, you should be pretty well successful with getting a good conversation going. I'd make sure that you've got chocolate milkshakes or <laughs> uh, brownies or something else to make the conversation uh, a little bit more easy to have to make sure the kids want to sit around the table and have this conversation with you and don't do it while they're in the middle of a game of something or while they're, <laughs> while they're in the middle of messaging their friends. Do it when everyone's off their screens. And, and then if you're not quite satisfied with the responses that they give, just give a couple of quick explanations for what you're concerned about. Mm. Um, explaining to our children what we're concerned about and why is a really important part of setting boundaries and limits. And then as a family, work together, empower the kids to come up with some solutions that everyone can agree about. So that's the that's the short version of those three E's. A couple of other things that I've got to quickly mention. First off, when we look at the research on screens, it's, can I, to use a crass term, it's a bit of a dog's breakfast. Mm. We've still, after all of these years, not got a great picture of exactly how screens are impacting our kids. Mm. There's some research that says that it's, it's the end of the world if the kids are on screens. And there's other research that says, yeah, it's not that big a deal. It's good for connection. It's good for um, being with friends. So here's how I approach it. I I actually have this conversation with my kids regularly. There are three reasons that we use screens for connection, for creation, and for consumption. Mm. Consumption is passive. And research does seem to suggest that passive screen use, that is streaming uh, YouTube or films on your favorite streaming service, uh, just doing a whole lot of nothing and just consuming content on your social media feeds, that's passive consumption and it's not real healthy for our brains or our bodies Mm -hmm. but connection and creation are both quite active and they're aligned with pretty good outcomes Mm -hmm. in terms of the way kids go so that's why i sort of don't like the whole screen time debate let's not talk about how much let's talk about what type and i reckon if you sit down with the kids and work out what type you're going to get a lot further and then you can put limits on the consumption but perhaps be a little bit more liberal with the creation Mm -hmm. but more than anything Here's what I'm going to suggest. If the kids want to use their screen, say to them, sure thing, kiddo, you can. So long as you've played outside, spoken face-to-face with a friend, done your music practice, done your chores, helped out with 
whatever else that I've asked you to do and, and keep that list going. Like have a list of 10 or 12 things that the kids should always be doing because it's part of living a whole of balanced life and, and then they can use their screens. Now, in terms of little kids, and I know we've got to wrap this up. So just very quickly, in terms of little kids, as a parent, you're probably not going to be quite so involved in the conversation. You're pretty much going to be uh, like, uh, hey, kiddo, uh, you've been on the screen enough. It's time to turn it off. Go out and play on the trampoline. Go and play with your sister. Go and do this sort of stuff. And and with little kids, you're probably going to be a little bit more directive mm. than collaborative because, let's face it, kids under five are not really going to sit down and have a really <laughs> useful democratic conversation about the use of screens yes. with you in the home. <laughs> I love that. I just want Dr. Justin to be able to take house calls. Do you come to the front door, Dr. Justin? <laughs> Do you, can I get you in my home for just a couple of hours? Because Only with a mask. Yes, with a mask. that's right. It's just so much great stuff to mm. unpack. All of this discussion with Dr. Justin is going to be up online at thelight.com.au. So many great things to take away. We really do appreciate your time this afternoon and we wish you all the best because we know you're going to get out and about more often Dr Justin and be helping out families right across Australia yeah, and that, to see that can't be anything else other than a good thing well thanks Kel thanks Lucy I really hope that what we've talked about has been helpful for people and that it makes a difference in their families it certainly has we will continue Lucy and myself the non-experts coming up next for a bit of a wrap up and you're listening to 89.9 The Light with Lucy and Kel Relate on your positive radio we both know what it's like to be hurt. We both know what it's like to feel pain. But I think it's safe to say we're on to better days. Can you, can you relate? Well, I can. I can relate with the fact that this hour has flown by. Lucy and Kel for breakfast normally, but this afternoon... Number four of the five one-hour specials as we move through the month of October with Mental Health Month. Dr. Justin Coulson just wrapping up an incredible hour, really, of information and wisdom and practical advice in in easing our way back into freedom. Yeah, let's touch just on some of the great things that perhaps maybe um, stuck with both of us. Kel, I loved how we had a few callers talking about just feeling so nervous and... And he just was so graceful saying it is okay to feel all these feelings. And and if someone, a loved one says to you they're feeling nervous, don't say, no, don't be nervous. Actually go, yeah, I can see how this is overwhelming. And start just doing little things Mm. to ease yourself back into this. 250 days in lockdown is the longest in the world. No one else on the planet has lived through this. So be graceful and compassionate to yourself and to your loved ones as we all re-enter the new normal. Yep, there was a lot to unpack in that last hour. I think the big one for me, especially with teenage kids, everyone's going to have emotional reactions mm-hmm. to what's going on. Some kids are going to love going back to school. Some are not. And Dr. Justin said, be curious, not furious. Yeah. So don't react initially to maybe maybe you're getting a reaction from one of your kids that isn't necessarily gelling with you. Mm. Don't go straight into parent mode. Be curious about where yeah. that's coming from and talk it through. And I thought something else that was great was talking about how resilient children are and that maybe we worry a lot more than they worry and they will uh, realign themselves into school life and normal life really quickly. They'll they'll probably do a better job than adults because kids are so resilient and they're a lot more flexible and adaptable than Mm. we ancient dinosaurs. And so if you are worried about your kids whilst they are, you know, wonderful concerns to have as parents and there's so many different places you can go to get help. 
I do believe the kids will be okay, but you can always reach out for help here. If you are worried, the Light Care Line, 9583 Care. There's so many different places you can go get help. Justin's website, there's so much on there. Indeed. My goodness, there's a plethora of things on there to help parents. There is so much good coming out of this month as well with Lucy and Kel Relate. Every previous one-hour special is up online at the moment at thelight.com.au in not too distant future you'll have all of this audio with Dr Justin Coulson up online as well a Mm. great hour of radio which will be replayed on Sunday at 10am if you want to get the whole hour in real time at home in the kitchen or in the car wherever you are and don't forget we have one more Friday to go in the month of October the final Friday next Friday will be a one hour special dealing with more issues in regards to our own mental health it's going to be a corker thank you so much to everybody that has contributed to the show all the Light family with some amazing questions, being very vulnerable, open yeah, and honest, yeah. helping us all mm. because most of us can relate to most of the questions coming through. And we can't wait to catch up with you for the final Friday in about seven days' time. Yeah, wonderful. We love you. You've got this, Melbourne. We have got this together. Let's continue to try and be the best versions of ourselves, the kindest, the most compassionate, the most graceful, not only to others but to ourselves as well.